Cynics on Disney Podcast contains adult language. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Cynics on Disney Podcast, presented by Nightclub33.com. Welcome into this week's episode of the Cynics on Disney Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, a.k.a. the Disney Cynic. And I'm Amanda, a.k.a. the Anti-Cynic. And today we are going to cover one of the very few things that we have left to cover over at Epcot. It feels like, and honestly, I'm kind of shocked that we haven't done this already. If for no other reason than it's one of the easiest things that we can get to as a Epcot, Epcot, wow, Uh, (laughs) Epcot park goer. Yeah, it is. I mean, literally just kind of like drift lazily to the left. Once you get past, you know, all the hubbub of Guardians of the Galaxy and Mission Space and Test Track and the Odyssey Pavilion, then what do you have? That's right, you guys. We're talking about the Mexican Pavilion, y'all. Woohoo! And the children rejoiced. It's appropriate. As this is music, it's so fun. It is fun music. So fun fact, this is actually uh, called uh, El Haribe uh, Tapito. Okay. Which stands for the Mexican hat dance. Yes. And I kind of found it by saying uh, that Mexican song. <laughs> of course you did. Of course. Alright, so we're going to fade that down here um all right so mexican pavilion over at um over at epcot i gotta be honest with you and argue on the front end of this this may be the best and most complete pavilion that epcot has to offer i agree with you uh this is one of my favorite in fact it probably is my absolute favorite world showcase pavilion because i feel like it is the most complete and interesting of the world showcase pavilion see i i I don't know that it's my favorite uh but but certainly like i gotta i gotta give props to the effort uh, that that is made here there is just a significant amount of effort that has been put into it um in fact before we get too deep amanda why don't you give us a little bit of history here on the mexican pavilion All right, so the Mexican Pavilion is one of the opening day pavilions for Epcot, so it did open October 1st, 1982. Um, Inside the Mexican, so the Mexican Pavilion is that pavilion that looks like a pyramid, Um, and there is like a hole inside. So you walk inside, you have a little lobby area, and then once you get past the lobby area, it is amazingly beautiful, I think. It looks like a street market at night. Um, There's there's restaurants in the mexican pavilion um there's a bunch of shops um there's a ride (laughs) um it is a lot bigger than it looks on the outside um but and then they have over time kind of extended the pavilion to include thing to include um, a restaurant across from the pavilion itself um and a couple of outdoor restaurants so there's four different restaurants um or five different restaurants, excuse me. Um, two of them are carts, but still. Um, five places Five places that you can get food and or drinks in the Mexican Pavilion. Oh, okay. 
right. Those would be the San Angel Inn, which is inside the pavilion itself. La Hacienda mm. this, San Angel. It's the restaurant, the sit-down restaurant. Let's right, right. Okay. And then you have La Hacienda de San Angel, which is the outdoor sit-down restaurant. Okay. Um, you've got La Cava de Tequila, which mm-hmm. if you are, if you do any sort of drinking around the world at Epcot, you know about La Cava del Tequila. <laughs> we have been to La Cava del Tequila, tequila a few times. <laughs> Just a few. Just a few. Um, and then you've got two um, more like quick service type um, carts, um, which would be Cante- Cantina de San Angel, which is a quick service restaurant. And then the Choza de Margarita, which is the outdoor margarita cart. Um, and then the ride. Do we go ahead and do the ride or you want to hold off on that? I mean, you can, you can also say what it is and everything like okay. that. We're going to get to all of this. We are. Um, so there is a ride. Um, it is the Grand Fiesta Tour star- starring the three caballeros. There you go. <laughs> I've been in here practicing before we started recording how to say that. <laughs> Pulled up Google Translate. Had to hear it a few times, but caballeros. Um, that's actually, this is actually the second um iteration of this ride it was when it first opened it was called el rio del tiempo and then they closed it and rethemed it to the three caballeros okay so the reason why we're talking about mexico the pavilion is because we went to it twice in consecutive days uh (laughs) (laughs) yes not having actually eaten anything but we did go see pretty much everything else there that there is to offer uh one of them uh amanda was hammered uh and got more hammered because tequila uh and well not tequila actually yeah, yeah. I, I know to- i know <laughs> i was just i was about to self-correct you know sorry god you had a colada which means you had rum my bad i mean yes i was also like already what like five drinks in at that point yeah at least and at least. uh I, I also, though, was still cognizant enough to know that rum and I don't, or tequila and I do not mix well, but rum is my friend. Disagree. But anyway. <laughs> um, Amanda, let's talk about La Cava del Tequila. We both have had some interesting experiences we in there. We have had some interesting. I feel like we have actually talked about La Cava del Tequila before on the show. We really haven't. Uh, I went back and looked through the archives. We've not talked yeah, about Yeah, look at the red oats. You are correct. We have not. That is weird. Um, all right. So that means I got to do a quick little research. No, you don't. Just talk about like you know what you had to drink last time. How's that? Okay. So at La Cava del Tequila, I had um And it just colada. rolls off your tongue. Woo. It does i can tell you let me i was also Damn. trying to like look up something um i was trying to type and talk at the same time so there's that um <laughs> so la cava del tequila is um obviously known for their tequila drinks <laughs> no shit but they do have other things that are not tequila based um 
And I had one of those things. And of course, it's not on their menu here. Okay. Well, <laughs> it was a colada. And I can't remember the exact name of I just know that it had colada in the name. Um, and I can't remember for the life of me now what it was what it was actually called. Well, it's probably because of the five drinks before that. So we yes. won't blame you too much. I can say here that I've had a couple different tequila flights. They've provided me with salt and lime and uh, lots of fun. If nothing else, the first time that Amanda and I went to Epcot, as a matter of fact, the, I'm not the first attraction that we, we got on, but definitely the first drinks that were consumed were at La Cava del Tequila. Why? Yes. Because I felt like taking shots in the middle of the day. That's why. And we hopped on the uh, the boat ride, the Grand Fiesta Tour, uh, immediately after that. Why? Because, well, someone had to sober up at some point in here. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> that was, they do offer a wide range of tequila. Uh, and it's not just your basic Jose Cuervo or whatever lookalike you can get for $14 at your liquor store. Uh, it is a, uh, there are very much so uh, many distinctly higher end uh, tequilas and mezcals available. Uh, just don't eat the worm, guys. Uh, that's that's all anybody can can really say. I don't think that they actually have anything uh, with the worm in there. I think that's illegal here in the United States, but it may be like you know an embassy situation. I don't know. I don't think it's an embassy situation. How cool would that be if that was the embassy situation? Though? <laughs> <laughs> or at least a consulate <laughs> right right just this is actually mexican territory so we do whatever we want <laughs> that's kind of how i think some of these things should be actually run personally but mm, you know that's not it's not and so uh, we'll, we'll move on i've had uh lunch over at uh the sun and hell in before in fact uh when uh colin's best friend george graduated uh college we all went on a trip uh down to disney uh and uh took george with us and uh i ended up you know deciding that that was my time to pick up the tab uh for a change uh and i, I remember having the enchiladas and they were delicious uh so you know that was of course Solid decade ago, and apparently it's both gone downhill and then back uphill since then uh, as a restaurant. I think most recent reviews are saying that, that it's back to being better. Um, I I have you beat. It's been 23 years since I've eaten at Sun Hen- Sun on Hill, the indoor one. Oh, okay. Because I, I ate both- there when we came on a family vacation with... Like it was like my extended family came on a vacation. Oh, okay. I had chicken uh, tenders because I was a child. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. All I remember. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, then we also ate over at uh, La Hacienda de San Angel uh, with my parents. The last, uh, it was, I guess it was a couple of years ago. Because you know what? It was a couple of years. It was. Ago. It was before we got the passes. It was the day that we got the passes. As a matter. Oh of fact. yeah, that's right. That was our first official act as a as an annual pass holder was walking in uh, to to Epcot for dinner. Yeah. So yay us! Woo. Um. <laughs> uh. Honestly, what I remember most about that that dinner. It wasn't bad or anything like that, but I, I think I remember more that we saw Epcot Forever for the first time. We did while eating dinner, right? Right. Uh, so we we saw 
fireworks for, for it. It was a pretty good evening. I, I kind of felt like, um, let's see here, but like, to be honest with you, the, the, the dish that we had, it didn't stand. I believe that I had some sort of steak. If I'm being, if I'm remembering correctly, but I can't remember. It's been two years since I ate there. Knowing uh, me, I had tacos. Yeah. It sounds about right. <laughs> sounds about right and then obviously the outdoor margarita stand is a good place to get something to cool off in the middle of the day i've never eaten at the quick service restaurant uh, before mostly because there's so many other quick service options that i feel compelled to try other ones first yeah i don't think i've eaten there i didn't i think i've been over there like once or twice and didn't really see like anything on their quick service menu that really like spoke to me um but i've had friends that have eaten there um, but I haven't. I have gotten a margarita though from the margarita stand outside. Yeah, I think everybody has. You know, no, no big whoop. Um, let's see here, and then just let's talk about Grand Fiesta tour. I think it's the it's difficult to to leave that out. Now, this particular ride, I kind of feel is a little strange. If I'm being honest with you, okay. The three Caballeros. I understand. Mm-hmm. but it's also like a mix of two rides it is i'm i have that to bring up actually in money because here. it is like the the original version of the ride was like a very historical like mm-hmm. uh, yes these were the aztecs and these were the right. the mayans and these are our this is our history and here's our pyramids and stuff like that. And the first part of the ride is still kind of like that. And then the second part of the ride is more like, and now we have beaches and stuff. Come (laughs) see us. So this is, so you alluded to the first iteration of the ride, which was El Rio um, del Tiempo Um, that opened when the pavilion opened in 1982 um, its theme was Mexican mythology and history. So you're right in that. I mean, it very much was a lot of history, a lot of here's Aztecs and all of this. Um, they closed it January 2nd of 2007 um, to switch it over to the theming for the three caballeros, um, which opened April 6th of 2007. And they didn't really change a lot. <laughs> Like, I was about to say, like, I remember <laughs> half this shit from, they, from the original. Some of the ride projections were changed, um, and then they took out, like, they had, like, an Aztec priest figure and some Marinette uh, figures in the finale that were removed. But other than that, it's pretty much the same, like, but you with, know, same, but, but, but with, with the three caballeros. Well, two of them, because Donald doesn't, he hardly shows up or speaks. Right. So the whole story behind this iteration of the ride is that you are searching for Donald because the three caballeros are supposed to be performing a concert and they can't perform a concert without Donald because then there are only the two caballeros. Right. (laughs) Also, fun fact, only one of those characters is actually Mexican. Okay. (laughs) Panchito, the rooster. He's the only Mexican character. Okay. Um, Donald is obviously American. And then the parrot, Jose, is Brazilian. That doesn't make any sense. So not only is Panchito the only Mexican, but he's only the, like, 
only Latin? Because No, that's still Latin Brazilian. Eh, I guess. But I mean, I think more they go more with like Portugal. Well, they do, yes, but Portugal's right next to Spain in terms of actual geography. I, I'm aware of the location of Portugal. I'm just saying that it's I Portuguese guess. is not that far off of the language from, from Spanish, if you really start diving into it. It's kind of like Italians, basically. It has a lot of the same structure to it and stuff. So, well, yeah, I, they're all romance languages. Yeah, well, so is French, but that has nothing in common with Spanish. So. <laughs> No, it, it has more in common with Spanish than you think. We are not using this podcast, though, to get into linguistics. <laughs> That's what French is, okay? You know what it sounds like? It sounds like a dog with the peanut butter on the top of their mouth. That's you what it French sounds like. I think Cooper heard that. Yeah, well, <laughs> tough shit. Tough it up, dog. Anyway. So, um, no, the, the ride itself, it goes, like I said, from like a historical thing to a look at where we are now thing, and they, they want you to 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 really to visit it seems more like a an, an advertisement for you to to actually go to the country which i find actually a great way uh, of approaching a pavilion with with epcot i think that that's how kind of it should be done yeah. uh canada does this to a degree yeah. um let's china, see china and france also kind of do it to a degree um china more so than 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 france does at this point but but that, that's because you know france has also uh remy's now and they cut all the or half the uh the showings of impressions de france uh in half so that you could sing along to beauty and the beast which that doesn't make sense but you know now, before we wrap up here with our review of the Mexican Pavilion and blah, 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 I do want to quiz you. Why? Because we live in the state of Florida now. And frankly, the state of Florida, well, we got to use some Spanish down here. We do. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. So, without looking, without looking, look at me. Eyes up. I'm looking. Hands up, too. I don't want you, uh, you know, I don't want your, your, there it is. Okay. All right. Amanda, what does caballeros mean? Gentlemen. Excellent. Congratulations. Where's the, the, there it is. All right. What does La Cava del Tequila mean? Uh, I think Kava is, is it cave? So what does it mean? I, does, does Kava, does Kava mean cave? I'm not telling you one way or the other. I want you to tell me what it means. I don't know. I'm, I'm giving you my guess. 
So what does the whole phrase mean then? So if if Kaaba means cave, then it would essentially be the cave of tequila. Congratulations. <laughs> Way to stretch it out a little bit more. Okay, to be fair, there's also some technical issues and you were breaking up and couldn't hear you. Am I? Okay, well. Now you're not, but you were. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll blame it on tech, sure. Uh, let's see here. What does La Hacienda mean? That one I don't know. Oh, come on. Not even a, a like, I guess. Is it restaurant? It is no. not. It is not. It is not. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> you boob. Uh, now, La Hacienda means the ranch. The ranch. Ah, okay. So there we are. Uh, let's see here. What does San Angel mean? Well, Angel is angel. Um, I don't know what San means, though. The angel? No, that would Saint. be hell. Saint. Saint, okay. <laughs> Saint. Yes. So the San Angel in would be is the, the Saint, Saint Angel. That is correct. Saint Angel Inn. And then La Hacienda is the ranch at Saint Angel. That is correct. (laughs) See, there you go. I've taught you what all these things mean. (laughs) So next time that you walk in, you'll have a better understanding of what the hell is going on. Okay, you taught me what some of them means. I did know a couple of them on my own. Okay, well, you have to know enough Spanish to get around, like, a little bit here. Like, you know, so... That's what I was kind of hoping for. But anyway, let's go ahead and rate this pavilion. Amanda. Well, hold on. Before we rate, can I add in a couple of little trivia tidbits that I did not get to fit in? <sighs> I suppose. These are specifically about the ride. First of all, um, it is, you mentioned that it was like two rides. It was like a combination of two rides and it is. Um, it's a hybrid of It's a Small World and If You Had Wings. <laughs> Sorry, not- for those, because you guys aren't watching, you couldn't <laughs> see the giant face of confusion that I have. Um, I'm not quite sure how the If You Had Wings fits in, but I can definitely see the It's a Small World. Um, and then also, this was the first World Showcase attraction to feature Disney characters that were based on an existing property. Okay, so there we no. go. First, Norway RP. was the second. Yep, Norway was the second. So there you go. Those are the two tidbits I wanted to squeeze in. Okay, well, all right. Let's go ahead and rate this pavilion on a scale of one to five Mexicans. How many pavilions are you giving this pavilion? Four. Giving it four? There, there's room for improvement. The ride. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's really nice to have like a very easy ride to get on that's calm, especially after you've been drinking. Um, but still, but still, I don't know. I just feel like the ride's missing something. I don't know. What could it possibly add in your opinion? I don't know. Um, 
I mean, I like the fact that it's no longer just like just like a historical thing. I like that they did add in um the IP there. Shocking, I know. Ugh. Um but I think this IP though it it works. It's to me adding Frozen in over at Norway kind of stretched it, but um this IP works. So I'm fine with it. I just I think there there could be a little bit more give make this one a mix of the three caballeros and the um el rio del tiempo where you still get a little bit of that history you still um in and the culture but with the three caballeros well i'm gonna give it a five i don't think they can really improve much upon this if if at all uh yeah of course we can always say that we wish the that the boat riders may be more thrilling uh, to a degree, but I understand that not every uh, attraction needs to be a thrill ride. Not every boat ride can be Pirates of the Caribbean. Some of them have to uh, to deal with you know other stuff. And frankly, the the annoyance factor from It's a Small World is just not present in this version uh, of the ride. So unless you ride with me, and I know that you hate It's a Small World, and so when we get to that portion, I start singing it. I'm going to slap you. Like I did the last time time we wrote it. (laughs) Why you have to ruin things for me is beyond me. (laughs) It's not like I, you know, dedicate an entire podcast to ruining things for you. I mean, Oh no, not at all. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. Um, I I happen to like that. There are multiple dining options. I happen to love that there is a dedicated tequila bar. I I love the uh, the interior atmosphere of the pavilion. I love that you can just walk in there and just hang out for a little bit in front of the fountain yeah. and just get some AC uh, when, when you need it. I love that you can kind of do a little museum tour when you walk in uh, to a degree. Yeah. I, I don't love all the cocoa stuff. But, but I will say the the cocoa stuff it deals with it's not just oh here's cocoa it's yeah. we're using cocoa to tell you about a holiday that is celebrated in Mexican culture correct which is Day so of the Dead it, so it, that's cool it does play well for what it is um, so there's that I'm I'm reticent to say change it. Because I kind of feel like they, they've yeah. kind of they, they've done it right. So leave the it only thing, like I said, the only thing I would want if they changed anything would be a little bit on the ride. But other than that, this pavilion don't touch it, Disney. <laughs> there, you, there you go, guys. So thank you very much for finally creating basically the perfect pavilion. All right, let's do a little bit of news here. Hmm. <sighs> The story that just will not go away. Oh, God. I hate talking about this. I know. But every time that, it, that, that something comes up, we feel I feel compelled that we have to, to bring it up. And that, of course, is widespread uh, website issues being reported with the resumption of annual pass sales. Now, guys. Because who have, did not see that coming? I mean, guys. I think we all know that Disney IT is just the worst, the absolute worst. Ugh, there's nothing that they seem can seem to get ever correct. Whether it's the uh, you know the type of network that they have uh, for their interior Wi-Fi in, in the parks, 
whether it's uh, just trying to book a reservation and then not being able to click back without causing a, con- a total collapse of your experience while trying to, to look on the Disney World website, just using the Go network in general. I mean, come on. I thought we had just kind of gotten rid of that already. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, ugh, it's awful. Um, but the, no, seriously, the, apparently the, uh, with, along with the phased, uh, uh, reinstatement, uh, or resumption, uh, rather of annual pass sales, there has been some, uh, major IT issues. Um, in fact, Disney world, uh, issued the general's, uh, statement. We are experiencing te- technical difficulties across multiple Disney online applications. Thank you for your patience. That's their way of saying our stuff's broken. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? I know exactly why it's broken. Because th- this is the problem with the whole annual pass situation in the first place. Right? It's that they took them away. Yeah. And if they had just left them on sale, there wouldn't be all of a sudden a peak demand of a billion Disney Vacation Club members who have not been able to to renew or get an annual pass for the last, oh, two years, basically. And they wouldn't be experiencing this major frustration and high demand uh, for, for web traffic if they had just, oh, I don't know, just kept them going. I don't necessarily think it's the the fact that they stopped them. I think it's when they put them back on sale and then they're like, oh, but there's only a limited number and we could stop selling them at any point. If you're going to put them on sale, just keep them on sale. Right. And look, this is, this is before all the passes. are. This is before the general public can get, this is just with DVC members right now. Correct. So just this new vacation club members are crashing the website. God knows what's going to happen the moment that these things go on sale on national marijuana day, um, which by the way, is a week from today's recording. So, and, and today's recording is the day that they went on sale for DVC. That is correct. So I, I'm, <sighs> while I, Again, appreciate the the fact that there is a huge demand for, for annual passes. Um, Disney has got to be better prepared. They've got to understand their fandom a lot better than they do. Uh, I mean, God, increase co- network capacity the moment the, the, that you know that you are going to do this. Mm, yep. I mean, you've got to increase that, that capacity. Otherwise, you know, obviously... They they probably did. This that's the sad part. They just don't understand the the fervor for for this product, right? I guess, and that's on them. So, boo to them, and not in the the fun haunted mansion or Halloween party way. Um, <laughs> you know, boo to them for for not recognizing their own demand. The and. Right. Frankly, I do hope that the annual pass sales go well and that they continue for a good long while here. I think that there has been a pent-up energy for that product, uh, and it's about time that they... You know what? The national emergency has been declared over as far as COVID-19 is concerned. I think it's time. I think it's time to get back to to, to just normal. So, um, 
you know, th- this would be certainly a good step in that direction. So hooray. Yay for that. Now, let's see here. What else is going on with Disney World? Huh. I guess uh, also in the news, there's one missing float uh, that's returning uh, to the Disney Festival of Fantasy Parade at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, and that would be the lead Princess Garden float, uh, which has returned after weeks of maintenance. Oh, yeah. I heard about that going on, you know, having to have maintenance done. But Yeah, I, I guess, you know, just like any other vehicle. Uh, yeah. You got to change the oil. You got to, you know, do a tune up on, on the engine. You got to, yeah. uh, so you know, change done. the tires out and, and such. Um, but, you know, there's that that would mean that uh, Bell and Beast are are back at the front. Just kind of telling you how how shit's going and waving at you and stuff like that. That's what I can tell them from the pictures. And I mean, that. as they should be. <sighs> I don't understand why they're the lead, if I'm being honest with you. Why it's not Cinderella is kind of... Actually, Snow White should be the lead because she's the original. Yeah, but it's Cinderella's castle. Eh, that's true. And she's the host. Right. It would seem to me that that would be the best uh, lead for for that. Um, But anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, It appears that Joe Rohde is coming back to Disney in a very, very limited capacity. Uh, and, uh, of course the only way that he's coming back, um, is by joining, um, the adventures by Disney to where, where is this? The, uh, to the Arctic. Oh, this is right up his alley. So there's going to be an, uh, an adventures by Disney, uh, Arctic expedition cruise, uh, that's going on from July 10th through the 19th. And Joe Rohde will be joining this cruise uh, and providing input on, you know, I guess what they see, how they describe it, so on and so forth. Uh, he, he, look, anybody who knows Joe Rohde's career knows that he is all about doing shit like this. Uh, he spent uh, a year and did like a Travel Channel documentary in the mountains of the of Tibet or some shit, uh, looking for the Yeti so that he could do uh, the Mount Everest or Expedition Everest attraction. Yeah, Animal Kingdom, his baby. Yeah. So good for, for Joe for getting back in and dipping his toe back in, into the ice and water with, with Disney. I sincerely hope that with, with Iger back at the reins that they can somehow bring him back into the fold somehow. Because uh, it doesn't really feel like he's doing shit for uh, Virgin Galactic, and Disney really needs his type of his type of creativity. Yeah, because they don't really have that legacy Imagineer with their hand on the wheel at this point. Right. Uh, in fact, you know, I, I would say that there's always been like an unengineer or an unimagineer rather of note that always seems to be like the the face of it and i don't know that guy's name yeah after after that joe already left uh, that we haven't really had that um so him coming back even in a limited capacity i think is an exciting news um and yes i hope it does open the doors for him to 
return and do more. Well, it also appears uh, now that pretty much all the 50th uh, anniversary shit has uh, been just removed. The signage, yeah. From from Disney. There, there's no 50th anniversary on the app anymore. There's no 50... Uh, I think uh, Cinderella's Castle has pretty much been uh, cleaned up of all of the iridescent stuff uh, at this point. Um, I, I do know that you know they've cleared uh, everything out of the Emporium and redressed it up for the Disney 100th. Uh, I know that the sign in front of the train station right after the turnstiles is now is the 100. Yeah, sign. so so basically there is no more remnants here and it's only been like a week and a half uh since they stopped celebrating the 50th anniversary, which I suppose, you know what? It's over, so bye. Well, I think also because we have this second celebration to to do, they were a little bit, that was also kind of reason to be quick about removing things. <sighs> All right. I've, I've kind of stalled it long enough. <laughs> I did my best to avoid it, but you can't avoid it anymore. You have to talk about this now. And, and you have to talk about it in a very frustrating way. The fight continues. Oh my god! It does. The fight continues uh, regarding the Reedy Creek uh, Improvement District or the Florida Tourism Oversight Board, whichever you would like to call it or refer to it as. And the the pissing contest is basically over who actually has control. So, as, as we last discussed. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh, was uh, ready to strike back basically by adding tolls, by adding hotel taxes, by doing whatever he felt like was in his power uh, to combat Disney for uh, their legal uh, maneuvering (laughs) that handed the control over everything back over to Disney from the Reedy Creek Improvement District as part of its last uh, act uh, in uh, the, I guess this was back in January that they did it? February. February, excuse me. Thank you for that correction. At a public meeting anybody could be at. That is correct. Someone should have been there to to go, uh, I I object or something like that. I think they did have people from this new board there. That's the sad thing. That makes it even funnier. Okay, so right now, apparently, uh, the the board of supervisors to this district uh, is is to cooperate with the inspector general's in- investigation into possible criminal charges against the Walt Disney World staff and the former Reedy Creek Improvement District board members at the request of the governor. So, and also part of the agenda for the next meeting, which I believe is supposed to take place on April 19th, is to strip all of the power that was taken away from the the, the board and give it back to the board with no sort of um, appeal process uh, being involved. Uh, and, okay, this, this is all very frustrating. Because yep. 
It's it's just the back and forth between two entities that, frankly, I I don't know who should have control over what at this point. The, the everything is so murky in terms of how Disney has operated uh, independently of the state of Florida uh, for so long, and you know whether or not something is fair or not isn't valid argument at this point. It genuinely is because Universal is not on the same uh, set of playing by the same set of rules as Disney does when it comes to their zoning and their theme parks and their everything that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, My argument would be to give them the same rules as Disney had. Yeah. That would be my argument. Um, I would say more freedom to do whatever than less freedom to do would be the ultimate solution here. But that's not where we're at. Nope. Instead, uh, where we're at is um, a very political and hostile uh, uh, situation that I I don't know how this ends well for anyone at this point. Um, I will say that it was reported today that Bob Iger, the current CEO of uh, of the Walt Disney Company, uh, has expressed an interest in meeting with Governor DeSantis. And this was according to an interview uh, with with Time Magazine, or just Time? Because I don't um, know it's a magazine anymore. Where, side note, he was named, I think, one of the 100 most influential people, I think is what it was. Yeah, and shocking that he was named that. I mean, actually, it's not. Who am I kidding? Uh, <laughs> he's the he's the, the head honcho of one of the, the largest... Uh, content studios in, in the world. So, of course, he's one of the most influential people. Um, you know, here here was the uh, the the quote from uh, from Iger. If the governor of Florida wants to meet with me to discuss all of this, of course, I would be glad to do that. You know, I'm the one that typically has respected our elected officials and the responsibility that they have, and there would be no reason why I wouldn't do that. So I guess the offer is on the table at this point for a meeting between Iger and DeSantis. Probably it's going to have to take place up in Tallahassee. God, nobody wants to go to Tallahassee, though. It's gross up there. Florida State is up there. Just on that alone, I I wouldn't ever want to go to Tallahassee. Um, (laughs) You're not biased at all. Yeah, go Gators. Anyway, um, so this situation continues to unfold. What I don't think needs to happen is underhanded legal bullshit at this point, because that's just going to piss off someone. I think the right thing to do is to have this meeting and to to, to hash all this stuff out. That's that's kind of where, where I'm at with all of this. But again, I understand the arguments the, that are being flown, both pro and con, uh, with the with the situation at this point. We're not yeah. going to get too deep into them, uh, at, and I'm certain that you can find uh, a, a vast amount of opinion pieces uh, regarding this. Uh, and so, I, I would, if you are interested in in that, by all means, go go tap into. 
into all of that. In the meantime, here, Amanda, yes. we're on social media, are we not? We are on social media. Where would um, we be found? You can chance? find you can find us on um, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest at Cynics on Disney, and Facebook and Twitter at Cynical Disney. That is correct. And of course, this podcast is brought to you by NotClub33.com. Make sure that you're checking out NotClub33.com for all the latest and greatest updates, including but not limited to the NotCast. Uh, this past week's uh, episode, we discuss uh, what kinds of things we could uh, or we would want some money being spent on. Uh, re- uh, apparently, back at the uh, the whole shareholder meeting, uh, Bob Iger promised to spend $17 billion uh, at Disney World specifically. So we kind of discussed what the sorts of attractions or what underutilized uh, uh, intellectual properties we thought would be a good fit inside of, you know, an ever-changing and ever-expanding Walt Disney World. I went with a Goofy movie. I am still surprised that there is not a Powerline show, like, like, at the theme parks ever like where how is that not a stage show at tomorrowland right now i know right they have a stage i mean i kind of feel like it fits better in in hollywood studios but like you know yeah you know what take out the the frozen ever after shit uh the sing-along or whatever and put it in a power line concert just saying pretty sure that people will go nuts for for that kind of thing because a goofy movie is ridiculously seeing a resurgence in popularity at, at this point and you know what i'm here for it i am it's because it is... all of us millennials are now in positions of you know influence and those kinds of <laughs> well that's that's part of it but also like i think disney plus had something to do with this because you know what not only well, yeah like it wasn't exactly the most popular of disney movies that that, that was released during the renaissance but it was released at the exact same time as Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and right. all those other movies and everything like that. Now here's here comes this niche goofy movie and yeah, the perfect cast. It's awesome. It is. I'm just saying, like we we need to to have more of it uh, inside the Disney theme parks. That's not all that we can spend 17 billion dollars on, obviously. But we get into more of that on the Nodcast, so make sure that you're checking that out over on YouTube or at notclub33.com. In the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And you know what? There's a way that you can help us out. Quite simply, all you have to do, it's really simple. Just go to whatever podcast platform that you are listening to us on. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. That's all you have to do. And make sure that you're subscribed. And the reason why we need you to do all of that is so that we can help get this uh, podcast out to more listeners. The only way that we can get this out to more listeners is by you guys reviewing and rating and subscribing. So make sure that you do that. And if you've done that already, redo it all over again. Re-review, resubscribe on a different platform or something like that. Uh, make sure that you uh, re-rate it as well so that you know we can continue to have the, the you know the expansion of this year podcast and that would be on platforms like apple spotify google wherever you're listening to us on make sure that you're uh, taking the time to go out and do that in the meantime once again we appreciate you listening to this.
so much uh, to us. And believe me, we are going uh, back to the Epcot well here uh, next week. Next week, we're going to talk about the Italian Pavilion uh, and, you know, what you know kind of treasures the, there are inside of there until then well, i guess we'll have to see y'all next week and have yourselves a magical magical fucking day